0: In today's episode, Amir and I try to discuss one of philosophy's oldest questions. Are people inherently good or bad?
1: I'm Harrison. And I'm Amir. And we believe that one of life's most valuable assets is the gift of conversation. In the midst of
0: life, sometimes we forget the true power of a deep, meaningful conversation.
1: So take a breath. Come join us.
0: And let's talk about life. Okay, so this is like a big philosophical debate. You know, it has been for like I don't know. Mir could probably tell us the dates, Um, but (laughs) (laughs) well, actually, uh... (laughs) but I I feel like in philosophy, and I don't even know that much about philosophy, and which is funny because we sit here all every week and talk about this stuff. But Mm -hmm. the question of the of the day is: Are people inherently good or bad, or or what's going on there? And mm-hmm. I'm going to start with you and pass it over to you and hear what you think and uh,
1: prepare for some quotes. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Okay. So we know we know the gist of it. If you are a returning viewer, you know that it's encyclopedia time. Actually, to be honest, for this topic, I don't have that much encyclopedic knowledge pertaining to this. I only have my own personal opinions shaped by my own experience. Mm. So, you know, take everything with a grain of salt. But first thing I want to ask you Actually, I'll ask you this: mm-hmm. Did you come up with this topic and ask me because you watched Yes Theory's video in Syria? I haven't finished that video. First, oh, you of all. haven't seen it yet. Okay, I, gotcha. I watched about half
0: of it, uh, maybe mm-hmm. fifteen minutes, but I wanted to sit down and finish it like intentionally. Mm-hmm. Everybody let, watch that and watch Yes Theory. If you're not, it's so good. Um, no, but it was just like it was just on my mind. So who knows mm-hmm. why? But gotcha. I mean, you can you can reference it. It's probably not going to ruin the the video, but.
1: Yeah, totally. So the reason I ask is because that's kind of the like, that's the closing premise of like Thomas's entire point, right? Right? That's the closing point of Thomas's entire premise. You know, um, it's kind of exploring the contrast between the destruction that he saw in Syria. Actually, first, let me give the viewers context. Mm -hmm. Basically, Yes Theory, one of the biggest YouTube channels, um, they make incredible content around travel, adventure, just connection and seeking discomfort, Mm -hmm. all that kind of stuff. So highly recommend check them out but for their latest video one of the people from Yes Theory went to Syria this year in 2022 they went and visited Syria for seven days and they went around and saw all the different they went and saw Damascus they went and saw Aleppo they saw all the cities that were destroyed all the historical artifacts just the remnants of the brutal war that's been that has been going on for like the last 10 years Um, and his entire Conclusion that he came to was that he met so many beautiful incredibly helpful people Mm -hmm. and that was contrasted with the destruction and kind of The evil that humanity is also capable of right and so he found himself asking, you know Are humans inherently good or inherently bad Mm -hmm. and I'll leave it up to you to watch his video and Mm -hmm. see his conclusion but if I were to use that video kind of as a starting point for my own opinion Honestly, it's tough. Mm-hmm. It, it's it's tough. I think in an ideal world, I would want to say that, you know, all people, we all have good inside of us. We all are inherently, we have an inherent proclivity towards good, but history says so much otherwise. Mm-hmm. And what I personally would like to say, and, you know, my thoughts will become more coherent as kind of this episode goes on but what i would like to think is that we have the potential for both within us and i think our environment and ultimately our decisions determine like what it is for every individual Mm. i don't think there is a blanket answer i think there's just individual people yeah and you know it's so subjective and so much history behind it. I kind of want to also look, gather some external resources for this uh, episode and like, yeah. look things up and see what people think. But yeah, that's kind of my it is my thought.
0: It is. I mean, it's like any kind of big philosophical debate or discussion. Like, there's not really an answer. I think the answer is like discussing it mm-hmm. in that way, right? Because you, you just you explore what these things mean. Um, I would think I would. I've been trying to think about this since we when like I mentioned we should talk about it. And I don't know, instinctively, I want to say yes, right, right away. And that's what Mm -hmm. I would say, because based on my experience, then you talk about things that have happened in history, whatever. But I would, I would like say, and I'm no expert on the history of the world, but on average, it's like a few people compared to the majority. And I may be wrong here, but this is what I would like to believe that like a few people may mess up or have terrible intentions and then it can totally skew you know the view of like history because there have been absolutely terrible things that have happened Mm -hmm. and continue to happen but that doesn't mean that the majority of people are like that but it Mm -hmm. kind of covers it up you know what i mean like you look at the news nobody's they're not ever going to share the little tiny good things that happen but it's like everything gets masked by the bad stuff um but what i was thinking about kind of relates to something i've been experiencing recently and and thinking of the world through um, through spirit or or consciousness or just the universe, and um, viewing people as vessels for that, like we're all, um, the best way to like kind of visually describe it and how I've been thinking about it is like, you know, those little like bamboo, um, fountains that I've ever seen where it's like it's like cut on an angle and like water yes. just run, yeah. runs through it, right?
1: Totally. Yep. I,
0: I think of the universe as that water. And humans are just that piece of bamboo that's just like channeling the water in certain directions. And maybe this makes no sense. This makes a whole lot of sense to me, but I'm going to explain it anyway. Um, And I think that ultimately it just takes a long time for that to fully run through, like clear through people. This could get into a weird topic about like reincarnation stuff because I believe... And I think I've mentioned this before, um, that like you start as like not you, but like she's, there's a, there's a spirit, and it there could be an early like a um, a new spirit or an old spirit, and it doesn't matter the age. You know, you could be like brand new in the universe, or you could be like a, one of the first first things that have existed. And as as we progress through life, we're trying to get towards. um this end goal of like enlightenment or whatever. And it's not like the person is just like a, like I said, a vessel for that in each lifetime and they're continually learning. Um So I think that that is like, that is where the universe is trying to go. And because I believe that even those evil things happen, I think that it's just like, maybe those spirits are on a, uh, like they haven't learned these lessons yet or whatever. Like if they came back in however long it takes, they will learn how to get towards this enlightened place or whatever. And, and I think that that is, I believe where the entire world and universe is like directed towards. So I would say that everything, like everybody is, is good from that kind of space. It's a whole weird rant, but that's what I think. Mm.
1: Totally. Yeah. So kind of you approach and believe that like we're kind of the vessels shaping like, like, when when you mean vessels, like, do you mean like kind of our decisions or what shape? Like, just, just clarify that a little bit more.
0: Yeah, like you go through the human experience, mm. learning and stuff, but that stuff is maybe gone once you're done in your human body or whatever, but it's carried on and you accumulate these things, picking them up as, as you go, your spirit goes on this journey or whatever. Um, And and we're shaped by our human experiences. But like, it doesn't just stop when you die, like it it continues to pile up. The more it's like anything, the more experiences you have, you could come back in next life and live in a super poor country, or you come back and be like one of the richest people in the world, you're gonna learn different ways of life and different things from those experiences, right? And it all compiles together. And who knows? I could be. You know, nobody knows. But this is this is something I've just been thinking about recently, and it might change in the next one month. But
1: <laughs> totally, yeah, no, that's cool. Do you think? Who do you think we were in past lives? <laughs> I don't know. I've done. Do you it. think we were it. bros?
0: <laughs> I mean, probably. I think. Like, guess when I think like that, whether it's true or not. Um, but I think it's interesting to think about because it's like I feel like we have intertwined at some point. Like this is this this took whatever twenty one years to like for us to connect, but it it had happened in at some point in the past, and I would mm. say the same thing about like Maria. That's why I feel so like such a strong connection to her when we first met, mm-hmm. and some of these things. So yes, I would say so. But I've done a past life regression. Have you ever done one of those? Have you heard about them? No. Really interesting. It's like tell it's, me about it's, it. it's essentially so I've mentioned before my aunt's a hypnotherapist, right? Mm. Um. So it's it's a you can do it through that and and it's essentially like tapping into um your like the consciousness and just to see where 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 have you been before and i was a um i was a little boy on a battlefield back in like the medieval times and i remember like being abandoned and uh, i had this whole experience that like i just knew it was everything was so vivid and i was like i was here and then and then like i obviously got killed or something um while i was like um Going through this this experience again, and then it was like, wow, I'm out, like I'm up in the clouds, and now I'm an eagle, and I was like a bird for a while, and like different thing. Anyway, so I highly recommend you do it, whether you believe in it or Damn. not. It's a really neat experience. Anyway, yeah, we totally got cool. off, but that was that's my answer is that cool. because of all that, I think that like we are generally headed in that
1: direction. Therefore, people are good. Hmm. Okay, well, first of all, that's cool as hell, dude. What the heck? <laughs> 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 it's like being plugged into the animus and like. Poof, <laughs> seeing the memories of your ancestors it's like assassin's creed <laughs> assassin's creed or something right there that is that is very cool once again i will keep an open mind to all things and mm-hmm. you still need to connect me with your aunt that's <laughs> yeah, true you right? <laughs> yeah, exactly um yeah i think i i agree with you on your point um in the sense that i think in general i think us as a species are heading into that direction mm-hmm. of you know, awakening to consciousness, and being mm-hmm. present and transcending kind of limitations of the human mind. Mm-hmm. And we'll get into that in a little bit and the limitations there. Um, and kind of the egoic dysfunction. And I'm pulling a lot of reference and inspiration just from Eckhart Tolle and Rupert Spira mm-hmm. and Jiddu, uh, J. Krishnamurti, all, all that kind of stuff. Oh gosh, the encyclopedia is beginning. <laughs> <laughs> oh gosh, stop. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, but I I would say, yeah, at the end of the day, I think there's only two directions that we as a species go. Either we give into the egoic dysfunction and mm-hmm. we completely just destroy ourselves and become extinct, which, okay, honestly, I'm not too attached. Yeah. <laughs> if that We're, happens on to okay. We're on the way. We're on the way. Yeah, exactly. It's like, okay, well, global warming, yep, okay, we'll nuke ourselves and, you know, either we give into that mm-hmm. or, you know, through the process of awakening you know, finding peace and enlightenment and all those different things and finding fulfillment or whatever that means to us, I think we can transcend to a higher place. And I think the interesting thing about that journey from our present state to this higher state or this, you know, transcendent mm-hmm. level that we can work towards and reach is that very often for many people, suffering is their greatest spiritual teacher. Mm-hmm. Like, for example, if I reference the Buddha, Right, so kind of the general story of, of Satama, the, the Buddha, of course, is that he was a prince. So the story goes that he was, he was a prince, um, I forget exactly where, but he basically had every single thing given to him in his life. It was just perfect. He had every single thing that he could ever want. He was just never allowed to go outside the palace walls and see anything. He had servants, he had attendants, he had everything. But... One day, as you know people do, he wanted to, he wanted to see, okay, what's outside the walls of this mm-hmm. perfect of this perfection?" And so he decided to venture outside. And the story goes is that he saw an old man hobbling. And then he asked his carriage driver, "Oh, what's wrong with him? What, what's up? What, what's happening to him?" And he said, "His carriage gra- driver said, "We all get there. You know, he's old, old. What is that?" yes it's when you age this happens to all of us it'll happen to me yes it'll happen to you too and kind of that shook him to his core then he saw a few other people who were also suffering and sick and kind of he saw what life was like outside of the perfect palace walls and seeing that suffering kind of is what catalyzed his enlightenment and his awakening mm. and i think yeah i think it's important to recognize that suffering while it is so uncomfortable and painful and just everything all above i think it's also out of necessity the 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 primary way in which we awaken Mm -hmm. you know in which we awaken spiritually
0: yeah so i would to tie that in like i i I agree with you and that i would still say people are are good but to explain those evil things not explain but like to those evil things and bad things that have happened um that have created suffering. It's all a part of not not to negate that the, mm. how heavy those things yeah, are totally. and how terrible they've been. Mm-hmm. Um, like zooming out super big, you know, mm-hmm. picture. I don't know. Maybe those are the the things of like they had to happen mm-hmm. as a as a species as um, just just the global. I consciousness that mm-hmm. you have to learn through that suffering and then we're able to continue on that you know mm-hmm. the path. So maybe they are. Uh, uh, Assisting us to getting into a place of
1: of good, and I don't know, but again, yeah, I not- completely hear what you are saying. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I completely agree. Like, not to negate any of the horrible no, of things course that have not. ever happened throughout history, but um, it, it's uncomfortable. I I don't like saying it, but if I am being candid, you know, I think if we were to zoom out, super super big picture, and I hate saying this, but I, it's ultimately what uh, what I hold to be true. Well, what I believe to be true. Mm-hmm. And I think when we zoom out, a big picture, I think everything is part of the greater order. I, I, I hate saying that because, you know, oftentimes, like, you know, we've both been through really bad, crappy experiences and kind of to say that, okay, this is part of the greater order doesn't mean that this is all for a reason. I don't think mm-hmm. it's necessarily reason, but I think it's kind of, I, I don't know.
0: Well, we're all serving, I I think
1: we're all serving something like
0: way bigger than ourselves. So like, you can get Mm -hmm. caught up in, oh, this happened to me, you know, Mm -hmm. and it's bad for me, but it's like, well, really, like, it's not about me, it's not about you, it's not about any of us is like, there's other things happening. We're only here for whatever 100 years, let's say, like, there's, you know, there's, there's like ebbs and flows of your day to day life, week to week on yearly basis, right? Like, sometimes things are terrible, sometimes things are really good. It's like that happens on a greater picture also. And you can continue going out and going out. You know what I mean. But anyway, I yeah. I think, yeah. I mean, I mean, the, all those, all of that stuff is hopefully leading,
1: leading us mm-hmm. towards
0: getting better as, as a species.
1: <laughs> yeah, totally. And I now that I'm thinking about it, I wouldn't necessarily say that these things happen for a reason because mm-hmm. I just don't like the wording of that. No. It's like you know, if you take someone who's uh, like, I I know people who've been through like really bad things. It's like you know, if you say to a parent whose kid has died that Happen for a reason. I I would never say that, you right? Know, I think things happen, and we make meaning from them, and we learn from them. You know, through all of the painful things that we go through, I think we make the meaning in mm-hmm. retrospect, mm-hmm. and it's in hindsight that we find the that we find the lessons, and that we grow. At least that's what I'd like to think. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
0: Now we could take this so we've gone very like out there. <laughs> <laughs> totally. We can bring it back because I think a lot of philosophical arguments or like just, I actually had a conversation the other day with somebody like, and we, I think we should bring it back for a second, like out of choice to like the human experience Mm. and, and that kind of thing and and psychology and all that kind of stuff. Because Mm. I genuinely think what we just talked about is like, that's what's going on. You know, Mm. I think there's that stuff, but I think a lot of people would argue that maybe wouldn't want to go that route and they Mm. want to talk on tangible, like, the human experience and i think the human experience is only a part of the experience period coming to theaters july 31st um (laughs) (laughs) i don't know anyway do you know what i mean so let's let's bring it back to like like human interaction human psychology and what's happened in the human experience because that that i think goes can go a different route potentially
1: Hmm.
0: what do you think when i say that repeat the question please (laughs) no just like there's not really a question just like Mm. what what do you think on a less macro scale Mm. do you still think that, that, that it stands through if you if you kind of ignore all the spiritual stuff that we just talked about and say like based on experience the terrible things are happening in the world and like ego and the way the brain works and capitalism and all these things do you think people are good if you take all that kind of big picture stuff out of the equation, and if we pretended that
1: didn't exist, does it change? To be honest, it doesn't change too much for me. I think we have, I'm curious to see what the science says. I'm curious to see what psychologists, yeah. Okay. I'm curious to see, like kind of from, you know, we're coming at it from a philosophical view, but I'm curious what perhaps scientists have found, like mm. in our brain, is there a bias like towards good or is there a bias towards, you know, quote unquote evil? <laughs> and I'm trying to look some stuff up here as yeah. well. Like are babies born with a moral compass? Um, Cause there's so many ways of viewing it. Um, what is, what's his face? Aristotle, argues that morality is a learned thing and we're born as amoral creatures, like a blank slate uh, kind of thing. Wait, Mm. wait. No, 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 no. Aristotle argues that... Wait, let me read this so I'm not wrong. Okay. Aristotle argues that morality is learned and that we're born as amoral creatures. So kind Mm. of, it's just all gray. Whereas Sigmund Freud believes newborns to be a blank moral slate. Um... And then there's also Lord of the Flies. (laughs) Well, if you
0: take that route, Uh that blank slate does not last very long because as soon as Mm -hmm. that baby is placed in that's just like they were floating around in some white Mm -hmm. space with nothing out. But as soon as they're put in an an environment, they're they're grabbing things from that environment. They're developing that instantly. Mm -hmm. Right? So it almost like it's like, yes, you could say in the womb maybe, but like as soon as they're in the world, I would say Mm. not. I just looked up Here's here's what I looked up into Google. Good question. Hmm. uh, I said, in our brain, is there a bias towards good or bad? Great. Thanks, Google. Um, Mm -hmm. And all these things, I'm not going to read any, like really any of them, but all the titles are like, our brain's negative biased. Why does your brain have a negativity bias? Uh, Overcome your brain's fixation on bad things. They all seem to be like your brain focuses on negativity.
1: I think that's more so from a like problem solving mm-hmm. view in the sense that the brain scans for problems. I was reading this in the book, the happiness equation by Neil Press. A great book, highly mm-hmm. recommend, but basically your brain is not evolved to make you happy. Your brain is mm-hmm. evolved to survive. Keep right. in mind for the past, you know, thousands of millennia of human existence, we did not live in, you know, houses and like mm-hmm. listen to podcasts and, you know, all, like have conversations like this, you know, for the longest while in human history, even for the last, you know, thousand years it was i need to find food and shelter to survive otherwise Mm -hmm. i will die nowadays it's i need to be happy or else i will die you know our brain is not evolved to find the things that make us content the things that make us happy because in a survival setting back then if we were to be content and be happy we wouldn't go out hunting we wouldn't you know like do do all those kinds of things and we would die of course Mm. um so i think the the negativity about the negativity bias applies to that in terms of problem solving right finding things in order to mm-hmm. fix them your brain doesn't naturally look for things that are good it looks for predators right right um i'm i'm reading another thing here um i think an important thing to study for this question like scientifically is our babies mm-hmm. you know like i think that tells us a lot uh, i'm going to read you this one uh piece from an article here okay, okay. uh this is from bbc earth Babies less than a year old were made to watch a puppet show where different colored shapes acted in ways that were clearly recognizable as morally right or wrong. A red circle is shown struggling to climb a hill while an evil blue square tries to push it back down. Meanwhile, good yellow triangle attempts to help the red circle by pushing it up. After the play, the babies were asked which shape they wanted to play with, evil blue square or good yellow triangle. As you may have guessed, they all picked the latter, the triangle that exhibited helpful and selfless behavior, Mm. supplied even for babies as young as seven months. The scene replicates the findings of a 2010 study from the Infant Cognition Center at Yale University, which went further to prove that babies were choosing the puppets because of their actions rather than other variables. For example, an innate preference or familiarity with a certain color or shape when the show was replayed with the shapes taking on the opposite role the infants still mostly chose the shape that had taken on the role of the helper that's really interesting mhm and i think that makes sense to me because once again we're social creatures we're evolved to live in tribes and the way that we survive is by helping each other right right if, if we, you're if scary keep... i don't want to be with you <laughs> exactly right if you keep in mind like in a tribe if you're an if you're a complete a- everybody you get kicked out of the tribe and you die if you're just like being mean you know like your genes don't get to replicate but um i think being helpful and like encouraging like you know making sure that the tribe is safe and you know everyone's living together peacefully and helpfully i think um that's where that bias comes from Mm. so i'd say i'd say on a deep evolutionary level we have both Mm-hmm. is what I would say. And I, I'll find some studies on that. But I can see that we have a bias towards being helpful socially. But then on the other hand, there's also the amygdala, right? Because I think the mm-hmm. um the helpfulness, like we're social creatures. Oh, I wish I read more on neuroscience before coming into this. <laughs> Please fact check me on everything. Um, but the... Oh, yeah, true, true, true. Wait, this is something I was thinking about. I think deeper, like... Okay, so if we think about the brain, oh, I still so want to be fact checked on this. If I'm wrong and you know neuroscience, please correct me. I'm perfectly willing to that, but this is kind of what I think just based off of my reading and everything. okay, so if we look at the brain stem, the innermost layer, if, if sorry if we look at the brain as a structure, the innermost layer, the deepest layer is the brain stem that's responsible for all of the involuntary things like breathing or heart, you know all. Uh, basically all those things and then as it goes outwards um skipping over a few things then there's the amygdala which is the survival mm-hmm. right that's where the fight or flight reflex lives and then as we go out more and more then we get the hippocampus which is for fine motor movements and then we uh hippocamp- wait no wait no 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 sorry not the hippocampus the uh not the cortex the cerebellum i believe Ooh, I'm so sorry we have another part of the brain, I think it's the cerebellum that's responsible for fine motor movements and coordination. Mm-hmm. And then as we go out more we have the cortex, which is responsible for um, seeing, hearing the senses and then we have the prefrontal cortex, which is the newest evolved part of the brain, which is responsible for um, rational thinking, for um, essentially like a civilized society right And kind of what I've what I've come to the conclusion of is that kind of those layers of evolution, in how the brain grew and evolved kind of is the it's kind of the hierarchy of the most powerful brain structures in the sense that they're the ones that we have the most tendency towards Mm -hmm. for example when you're in a fight or flight state and you're like panicking and stuff and you're trying to get out of it can you think about a math problem using a prefrontal cortex no the fight or flight reflex the amygdala bypasses and overrides that right? Even like, or if you're in a fight or flight state and you're trying to play the piano, trying to do something with like, you know, your fine motor reflexes, Mm -hmm. fine motor control, can you do that? No, right? The amygdala, because it's an older system, bypasses the newer evolved ones. It goes deeper into the brainstem too. Obviously, like when you're in a fight or flight state, you're still breathing, your heart is still going. So that, you know, takes precedence over Mm -hmm. that. Um, Where was I going with this? Right. (laughs) So I would say kind of the... The, the helpful compassionate bit based off of what I think kind of exists in a newer evolved part of the brain. Whereas the amygdala that drives like the survival and fear and, you know, greed essentially kind of is an older part of the brain that can easily override the newer part. And mm-hmm, mm-hmm. that in
0: like taking that into consideration, then the longer that humans stay alive and evolve, the better we'll be at living. I mean, I guess we're starting to see that. You know what I mean? Like, I'd hope so. <laughs> society is hopefully going in a overall. Like things are changing. People are being open to stuff. It's like you would think. Then you're taking that the way you ex- explain that that we're gonna get better at those things because it'll have been around longer, and the longer it's around, and the more
1: we evolve, we know how to you know utilize it. So that's really interesting. Mm-hmm. Yeah, totally. So I think. I think in social contexts we can be good, but I think our environment plays a huge role. Like yes. it's hard to expect, you know, people to be good when they when they live in a really bad environment. Mm-hmm. But the interesting thing is bringing it back to what we talked about at the start, um when Yes Theory was visiting Syria, like it's a very very rough environment. Right? Of and course. if we were to say that the environment is, like makes people bad or good, then that would kind of be like We'd be blind then to like. What about all the good people that he met along his trip there? Mm-hmm. Right, all the mm-hmm. nice, helpful, friendly people. Is it really our environment, you know, or is it our decisions? So, anyways, I, yeah, <laughs> we wanted I was... to go back down, no, <laughs> but totally I went back low. up. <laughs> I'm so like, sorry. <laughs> Where
0: you know we are are good people are are good, but you it's influenced by their environment, our environment, and these things that you're talking about. But that doesn't mean that it's not there somewhere. Even if someone's acting in a not good way, it's Mm. probably because of other things. And it's been changed, but it doesn't mean at its core that that person is not a good person. You know what I mean? And that could be, I think you could still push that to the extremes. That like some way this person got, to this place where they would be considered bad they're a bad person doing bad things but i think i don't know how but there's probably there's a way if you could strip back all of those other things and get back to like who the they really are like at the core of their their being or whatever like i
1: think that would Mm -hmm. be good it's just been influenced by other things Mm -hmm. totally yeah, Another perspective, bringing in another perspective to, to this while we're talking about kind of moral development and everything, I was just trying to look up just to clarify what uh, Sigmund Freud's theory on moral uh, development was. And basically to sum it up, according to Freud, and I'm curious to hear what you think about this, so get, getting your reaction to this, moral development proceeds when the individual's selfish desires, selfish like kind of dark shadow self, animalistic desires are repressed and replaced by the values of important socializing agents in one's life. So basically, he's saying the individual selfish animal desires are tamed by society. Mm-hmm. Yeah, what, what do you think of, about that's
0: that? That's kind of what I'm saying. Like, they say society, but like your environment. And mm-hmm. if you're put in an environment with a bunch of loving, kind, caring people, and that's all that you know, then those things are overridden, like you're saying. Um, mm-hmm. So I would agree. I would agree with that. Because yeah. then you're not you're not being influenced. I mean, I would explain it the other way around. Like he's saying, uh, you it can be changed and be a good thing. Like all those selfish things. But I would say that the wrong environment would make that person who is innately calm and and mm-hmm. not egocentric or whatever. You know what I mean? Like all of that, I think is exploited in the wrong environment.
1: You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yep, I totally feel you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well. I mean, what a lovely philosophical discussion. I'm curious to hear what you guys viewing think about this. Make sure that you visit us on YouTube. Leave a comment below. Join this discussion. Or if you're listening to the podcast, you know, make sure that you leave us a nice rating. Le- let us know what you think about this episode. We're curious to hear your thoughts, your insights. And if you can fact check me, please. Fact check <laughs> me. <laughs> let us know. Is not correct or not? Probably way more I'm than open. you think. I'm open to being
0: wrong, but. Um, it's good, yeah. though. now you got the. Yeah. Uh, you still got the essence, I think, of what you're trying to share. I got it. I got it. I think everybody else Thank did. You. This was uh, what were we jokingly say
1: philosophy in 30 minutes or something. Yes, there. philosophy in 30 minutes. Thank <laughs> you for tuning in to the philosophy in 30 minutes channel. We'll okay. <laughs> see you guys next week.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Bye. If you enjoyed this episode and want to support the show, make sure to leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. Visit us on Instagram and TikTok at Let's Talk About Life Pod. And for more information, head on over to HarrisonKingOfficial.com forward slash podcast. Now it's time for you to get out there and have a deep, meaningful conversation in your own life.